Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello and welcome once again to Trash Talk with TK. This is episode 7 of the series after a an amazing, inspiring, exciting, thrilling Eagles victory over the Atlanta Falcons on Saturday afternoon in South Philadelphia. The Eagles advance to their first NFC title game in 10 years. Actually, nine years. First NFC title game in nine years. They will host the game for the first time in 13 years. And what a thrilling win that was. And a well-deserved win for this team that it's overcome so much. I mean, you got to give this team a, an extreme amount of credit doing it in the face of doubters, me, myself being one of them. You know, I, I'll admit it. I, I thought when Carson Wentz got injured, I, I didn't think this team really had a, a realistic chance to go to the Super Bowl. I didn't. I thought, you know, they'd be in the playoffs and we'd see what happened, but I thought their chances to make a run to the Super Bowl and even the NFC Championship game were significantly damaged. And I was worried by what I saw from Nick Foles the last couple weeks of the season. I had my doubts about whether he'd be will, he'd be able to play well enough in a playoff game against a good football team like the Atlanta Falcons and you know do enough to help this team advance. And Nick Foles got the job done. Was he spectacular? No. Was he good enough to get a win? Yeah, he was. The second half, Nick Foles played very well. I still think most of the credit has to go to the defense. The defense was outstanding. Outstanding in that game on Saturday. And we'll all remember the the final series and the and the fourth and goal stop and all that kind of stuff. But you look throughout the course of that whole game. Yeah, that Atlanta offense, we talked about it last week is certainly not the same as it was last year. They, they don't have the same explosive capabilities. They really miss Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. But that's still a dangerous offense with a lot of dangerous players who can, who can hurt you in a, in a variety of different ways with Jones and Freeman and Coleman and Sanu. And the, the defense essentially gave up three points throughout that whole game because the only touchdown they gave up was off the mistake on the punt where it hit a couple different Eagles, and Atlanta was set up in the red zone to start that drive. And other than that, the Eagles gave up one field goal in that game. I mean, they were absolutely fantastic. They came up with stops whenever they needed them. Rodney McLeod had a huge sack after Jake Elliott kicked the ball out of bounds, setting Atlanta up at the 40. McLeod comes up first and first and 10. He gets a big sack to to knock the Falcons back 10 yards and get them behind, and they had to go three and out on that series. And just what a performance by the defense. And you got to give credit to Jim Schwartz, who has done a fantastic job this season. I'm not sure he's a head coach in this league. He had a chance before, and he kind of failed. But he's a great defensive coordinator, and that's fine. Some guys are just like that. Look at Wade Phillips. And Jim Schwartz has done a fantastic job, and, and him interviewing for head coaching jobs, all that noise has not affected this defense. They get the big stops when they need to. The Eagles win the game. And it was just such a, such a great win and one of those unexpected wins. Because i got to tell you, as the game was going on, I was sitting there and I saw all the mistakes in the first half. Jay Ajayi fumbles 
seemingly taking three points away from the Eagles. Nick Foles on the next series, after the Eagles get back in field goal range, takes a sack to take them out of field goal range. Give up six points right there. The pump mistake gives up a touchdown. That An extra point missed by Jake Elliott. That, that's 14 points in the first half that I felt like the Eagles just gave away. And I thought it was going to come back to bite them. I thought all game, this is the kind of game that's going to come back to bite them in the end. These are the kind of mistakes that are going to bite them. Because that's what's been happening my entire life. My whole life, the Eagles have lost that game. My entire life, the Eagles have lost that game where they make the mistakes early and they hang in there, they hang in there. But in the end, it's just too much for them to overcome. And in the end, those mistakes come back to ultimately cost them and lose them the game. That did not happen. They were able to hang in there enough and make enough plays to win that game. And that's different than a lot of a lot of Eagles teams that I've seen. And and you know, I I, I kind of have come around on on the the thinking that there's just something special about this team. They just, no matter what, they just find a way to win. They just know how to win. And I was skeptical of that for a long time because, you know, I'm more of a a practical, pragmatic person. And what I saw was a team who lost the MVP of the league and a team that had offensive deficiencies and a defense that had kind of struggled against the run late in the year, and I just didn't know if if they'd be able to get it done, even with a win against the Raiders, even with a win against the Giants. I saw concerning things in that game, in those games, but no matter what, they just seem to always know what they need to do to get a victory. And no matter what they need to do, it doesn't matter how they played before that, doesn't matter how ugly it is, they will ultimately get the job done when they need to. And this just has a feeling like there's something special and that they are going to ultimately find a way every week, no matter who they play. And that's a really good feeling. That's a really good feeling as a fan. That's a really just awesome thing to watch this team and see that intangible ability that not all teams have. You see so many teams lose close games. This team always wins close games. They And that that's something that is a skill. It does kind of morph as the season goes on into a mentality. And you feel like that mentality is there with this team. I mean, that stop, they could have hung their heads after giving up that fourth and six at midfield. I know everybody probably felt like that was, that was, that was it. That was a huge play. Now Atlanta's probably going to go down and score, and hopefully the Eagles come back and kick a field goal. But... They buckled down inside the 10-yard line, got the stops when they needed to, and that fourth and goal play, thinking back in my lifetime, watching the Eagles, uh, I'm 30 years old, that's probably the second most memorable play in my lifetime as an Eagles fan. There's fourth and 26, and there's fourth and goal. As just a singular individual play, they are probably the two plays that have given me the most joy as an Eagle fan, when you consider the stakes attached to it, the importance of the play, the 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 emotional factor, it was just huge to get that stop on fourth and goal and to advance to the NFC Championship game. I just can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I can't wait for this Sunday. Eagles-Vikings. And as I look at this game, I still haven't really 
going through it to make my prediction. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my prediction on my show uh, Sunday morning. I'm on before the game, which I can't wait for. I, I'm so pumped for Sunday. I'm going to the game. It is going to be unbelievable. I can't even imagine the atmosphere down there. I can't even imagine the nerves, the excitement. It is going to be so nuts in that stadium. And I'll give my prediction on my show Sunday morning. But as, as I'm sitting right now, I like the Eagles' chances. Bottom line, I like their chances to win this game. Minnesota, don't overlook them. I know everybody, the temptation is to kind of not respect them quite as much because you look at Case Keenum and you think that's not a very good quarterback. That's a guy that, why, why should we be afraid of Case Keenum? And I get that, but Minnesota's a very good team. And I think the them and the Eagles are very similar in a lot of ways. They're powered by their defenses, especially this version of the Eagles without Carson Wentz. They're powered by their defenses. They offensively don't want to make mistakes, but they can make plays. Minnesota's actually got the most ex- more explosive offense now because their receivers on the outside are very good. And Case Keenum, you got to give him credit. He's played well. He's played really well this year. And I didn't think coming into the season, I saw him play with the Rams last year. I didn't think he was an NFL quarterback. So there is, you know, you should respect this opponent is basically what I'm saying. But the Eagles can absolutely beat him. The Eagles are underdogs coming into this game. I think that's great. They're going to play off that underdog role. They're going to use that as motivation as they have the last month. And I think defensively, they're going to look and they're going to hear all this talk all week about how good Minnesota's defense is. And the Eagles' defense is going to be talking amongst themselves saying, you know, nobody's talking about us. Because you hear people talk about Minnesota's defense like they are some a group of world beaters. And the Eagles' defense, where's the respect for them? They're every bit as good. They have done every bit as much. I mean, what they did in that Atlanta game was unbelievable to me. It was unbelievable. They get the stops when they need them, and they need to do that again on Sunday because I think the key to this game is the Eagles' front four against the Vikings' offensive line, and that's where the Eagles have a chance to have a chance to win this game. You look at the game they played last year, and a lot you need to take out. I mean, the biggest difference is the, the quarterback matchup. Last year, when these two teams played, it was Carson Wentz versus Sam Bradford. Now it's Nick Foles versus Case Keenum. But... Where the Eagles really won that game, if you remember, Carson Wentz may have played his, he played one of his worst games of the year. He t- he had a couple picks. I think he, he had three or four turnovers in the first half of that game. I mean, Carson Wentz really did not play well. But the Eagles won that game because their defensive line absolutely dominated that Minnesota offensive line. And I think they can do it again. Minnesota's offensive line is nothing special. The Eagles should have an opportunity to dominate up front, and that's where they need to. Because even with Case Keenum playing well, where you can get after him is if you can get pressure on him, he will give you an opportunity to to create turnovers. You look at the game against New Orleans last week. The play that really allowed New Orleans back in that game was 17-7. The Saints had just scored their first touchdown after being down 17-0. Minnesota had the ball, but they were still in control. And Case Keenum had pressure on him, and he just threw a ball up. And it, it it got picked off, turned over, short field for the Saints. They scored 17-14. All of a sudden, we got a ball game. So if you get pressure on Case Keenum, he will give you opportunities to create turnovers and, and really give yourself an advantage and some short fields. Because that's what the Eagles need. Offensively, 
the big play aspect with Al, Al Carson Wentz is gone. So all your drives are going to be, need to be long. They're all going to need to be grinding. And it's hard to grind out 10 to 15 play drives every time to score points. You need to create some short fields. You need to have some, some setups where you only need five, six plays to get in the end zone. And the Eagles need to create turnovers this week. They need to get pressure on Case Keenum. And if they do that, they're going to win this game. It's that simple. And if Nick Foles can play the way he played in the second half last week. As, as I said, I'll make my prediction on Sunday morning when I'm on the air on 94 WIP. But as of now, I really like this team's chances. I really like this team's chances. And I cannot wait for the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Now, I was just thinking about the quarterback matchup for Sunday and the amazing quarterback carousel that's taken place over the last couple of years involving three teams. And it's amazing that it's all led us to this point with Case Keenum starting against Nick Foles in an NFC championship game in Philadelphia between the Eagles and Vikings. Because when you think about the quarterback connections between the Eagles, Vikings, and Rams over the last three years, it's insane. When you think of all the connections and all the events that have happened surrounding these three organizations that have all just led us to this point in time of the improbability of a Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Eagles, Vikings, NFC Championship game. So real quick, I just want to go through the timeline of the last three years between these two teams, these three teams. And how it's all led us up to this point. Because it really is incredible. And it all started with the Chip Kelly trade in March of 2015. Where Nick Foles is dealt to the Rams for Sam Bradford. Essentially there are picks involved. But essentially it was Nick Foles for Sam Bradford. So Nick Foles gets traded for Sam Bradford. Case Keenum, I believe at that time, is still in Houston. I'm not sure. He might have been with the Rams. But... Nick Foles and Sam Bradford traded for each other in 2015. So Nick Foles has a bad 2015. He he has a kind of a disastrous year. He falls out of favor with the Rams. And after that season, they're already looking to get rid of him. Sam Bradford has a so-so year here in Philadelphia. But basically, both franchises ultimately decide, okay, neither of these guys are our guy moving forward as our franchise quarterback. They both decide that they want to move up. And select, you know, their franchise guy in the draft. They both saw guys that they liked a lot coming out in the 2016 draft. Obviously, Rams trade up the number one and take Jared Goff. Eagles move up the number two and take Carson Wentz. Now here's where the Vikings get involved. So Nick Foles is cut by the Rams at the beginning of training camp of 2016. And we all know the event that really changed the course of Eagles history and really changed the course of Vikings history as well. When Teddy Bridgewater, a week before the 2016 season, completely tears his knee, horrible damage, horrific injury. He's certainly not playing that year. They didn't know at that point whether Teddy Bridgewater would ever play again. The Vikings thought they had a really good team. They weren't willing to go through a season with Sean Hill at quarterback who was their backup. They decided to trade for Sam Bradford. Eagles wanted to trade Bradford after they saw in 2016 that Wentz was way ahead of schedule and they knew they needed to get him out on the field. So the Eagles trade Sam Bradford to the Minnesota Vikings. Meanwhile, with the Rams, they've moved to L.A. Case Keenum signed as their kind of 
quarterback to start the year while Jared Goff gets ready to go. Case Keenum, you know, he plays okay first couple games, but ultimately reverts back to being the Case Keenum he's been in his whole career. They bench him, put in Jared Goff. Sam Bradford has a decent year in Minnesota, and we all know what Carson Wentz did here. You know, he up and down year, but ultimately established himself as a franchise quarterback going forward. So after the 2016 season, the Rams decide, okay, they're ready to move forward. Jared Goff, they fire Jeff Fisher, bring in Sean McVay. They cut ties with Case Keenum. The Eagles cut ties with Chase Daniel, who they didn't think was a viable backup. They go sign Nick Foles, who after being cut by the Rams, spent the 2016 season as the Chiefs backup. They bring in Nick Foles as the backup. Keenum signs in Minnesota to back up Bradford because they didn't know Bridgewater still wasn't ready. They didn't know when Bridgewater would be ready. They signed Keenum. After the first game of this season, Sam Bradford gets hurt, as he always does. Case Keenum steps in, plays well. Mike Zimmer never commits to Mike Zimmer still hasn't fully committed to Case Keenum, but Case Keenum starts the whole season and is the Vikings quarterback for the postseason. Well, we all know what happened with Carson Wentz. He has an MVP quality year, gets hurt, and then Nick Foles is inserted as the starting quarterback. But I just found that intriguing. When you just look at the last... Three years, the way these teams, the quarterback carousel among these three teams, they will always be connected with the Rams first trading for falls, then trading up just as the Eagles did. But the Rams taking Goff over Wentz, Keenum being cut by the Rams, ends up going to Minnesota, Bradford first with the Rams, then with the Eagles, now with Minnesota. It's unbelievable the connections between these three teams and the quarterback carousel. The past few years. And I just wanted to go through that chain of events because it's just amazing to me that it's all led us to this point. The Case Keenum and Nick Foles, two former Rams, you know, stopgap quarterbacks now playing for an NFC championship game in Philadelphia on Sunday. While the two guys, they came into the season thinking they were their starters and Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz will be looking on from the sidelines. So that's the little recap of timeline over the last three years with the Rams, Vikings, and Eagles, three teams that will forever be connected because of the quarterback changes amongst those organizations in the past few years. Now, real quick, just want to recap the AFC uh, playoffs this past weekend and look at the AFC championship game. Then I'll review a TV show for you in place of our dumpster fire segment this week. Going to Give a week off from the dumpster fire instead do a TV review on a show I've been watching recently. But um, in the AFC postseason, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the championship game in New England this week? I mean, stunning victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think everybody kind of just assumed it would be Steelers and Patriots all year in the AFC championship game. Um, But the Jaguars get the win. Blake Bortles, got to give him credit. He played really well in the second half of that game. To many people's surprise, including my own, Uh, Jacksonville's defense is really good. We'll see what happens this week in New England. I don't think they have enough to get it done in Foxborough. I just think, you know, New England is so playoff tested. We know that. Um, I don't think Jacksonville will be able to score with New England. Their defense is really good. But Tom Brady, you still think Brady should be able to get to 21, 24 points. And that defense is just too well disciplined. I feel like Jacksonville... For Jacksonville to score a ton of points, you know, they'll commit to the taking away the run. They'll commit to taking away Leonard Fournette. And 
Um, and they'll make Blake Bortles beat him. I don't think Blake Bortles will be able to, but hey, he proved, proved a lot of people wrong last week. And Blake Bortles, say what you want about him, but he is competitive and he does care. And that does mean something. You know, he really cares and he takes it to heart when people bash him and he gets bashed a lot. Uh, and we'll see what happens. But I don't think that the Jaguars have enough to win this game. I, I would like to watch. I don't think I'll be able to watch a ton of this game. Because as I said, I'm going to the Eagles-Vikings game. I'll be out in the park, parking lot tailgating. Um, I'm, I'll be fired getting getting ready for the Eagles game. But uh, I'd like to check in on this one as well. Uh, I think the Patriots win this game. I'll make my predi- prediction for this one now. I think... I think like 24 to, to 13, something like that. And just New England, they're just such a machine in the playoffs. How about the fact that this is the Patriots' seventh consecutive AFC championship game? Can you? Seven straight AFC championship games. And the most amazing part is they were a dynasty before the seven straight championship games even started. Before this run even started, they were already a dynasty. I think they're the best dynasty in the history of sports. Better than the 90s Bulls, you know, 60s Celtics, 60s Lakers, any of those. I think this is more impressive in this day and age of free agency. And the fact that sustainable success is just really difficult to maintain, especially in the NFL where parity runs rampant. But this organization is such a a model for success. I think the, the Patriots get it done, and I think they move on to Super Bowl 52 where hopefully... The Eagles will advance too. It'll be cool knowing who is in the Super Bowl from the AFC when the Eagles Vikings game kicks off. But I like the the Patriots in this game. It's going to be a fun, interesting game to watch. Oh, and the Jaguars are a good story, and they got a lot of fun players. That defense is really fun to watch. Jalen Ramsey is probably going to be the best corner in the NFL for the next ten years. I feel comfortable saying that. I mean, that kid is really, really good. I love them coming out of college. And he is not disappointed one bit. Him and A.J. Boye, are they are the best one-two punch in football at the cornerback position. And they're a fun defense to watch. Calais Campbell has made such a difference coming over from Arizona. And I, I'd like to see Jacksonville win. I really would. But unfortunately, I don't think it'll happen. I like Brady and Belichick to advance to yet another Super Bowl. And now in place of our dumpster fire segment, I want to... Give a quick little review of a TV show I've gotten into recently. I love TV. I love all different kinds of shows. If you ever heard me on the air, you know, I think Game of Thrones is the best television show of all time. I think it's the best show in the history of TV. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Go start watching Game of Thrones right now. But I've been watching Black Mirror on Netflix recently, and this is a very interesting show. In a lot of ways. It's it's very dark. It can be very depressing. A lot of the time. But it's so interesting. And such a good show. And I highly recommend it. Because it basically warns you. Going forward. As we move forward. And every day. Technology just advances. At this rapid pace. And it's a show that really. Kind of illustrates and shows you. The dangers of these advancements. That as everything seems good, it seems to make our lives easier, make our lives better. There are a lot of troubling things that can come from advancements in technology. And I don't want to give too much away because, you know, I don't want to spoil anything. But it's an anthology series. It's not a running 
a running storyline throughout episodes, even though you have seen, if you watch this most recent season, season four, that there are a lot of connections. Like, it's all one universe. And while the episodes don't directly connect to one another, they all take place in the same world at different points in time based on the technology that is that, that is presented in the episode. And it's kind of like a modern-day Twilight Zone, if that makes, makes any sense. It, it's, it just gives you these, these scenarios in the future. Some of them actually take place in present day, but most of them in the future. It could be some of them, it seems like they never give away the current year, but some of them look like it's like 10 years in the future. Other ones... It's like 50 years in the future, and it's a very interesting show, and a lot of it has to do with an advancement in technology where they can copy your consciousness and do like simulations where a a complete copy of yourself is in this simulated world. That's one thing that is kind of a a theme throughout many of the Black Mirror episodes, and it's, it's kind of scary. It's scary that even though these things are copies of your consciousness and not real people, they still have real feelings and real emotions. And you can see where this could possibly happen. If they ever find a way to create this kind of technology in the future. And it's hard for me to really explain what I'm saying might not make any sense to you. If you haven't seen the show, but I highly recommend it. And instead of a dumpster fire segment this week, I wanted to take a week off from that and give you a TV recommendation because I love, I love all manner of TV. I, 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 I think TV is is way better than movies these days, and that's a show that I highly recommend, and I, I would advise everybody to watch if you're interested in technology and how that can affect our everyday lives now and in the future. That'll do it for Episode 7, Trash Talk with TK. Be back next week, hopefully recapping an Eagles NFC title game win and a trip to Super Bowl 52 on the line this Sunday can't wait for this game guys i really can't wait for this football game and as i said i like the eagles chances to get it done it's going to be exciting good luck to the birds good luck to all of you out there who are going to be tense watching this game i almost didn't make it through last week i couldn't it was it was hard to watch it was hard to watch uh but this week i'll be at the game i can't wait go birds and i'll talk to you next week see you later and fly eagles fly This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.